passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome into the Online Enquirer podcast. Had a week off of the podcast, and as Derek said, I look tan, which is just a little more red than usual usually, but uh, for the half-ginger self, wasn't too bad. And, and Derek, I, I was somewhat expecting to come back or to leave you and Joey with some news, and, and we did get some news on Friday, uh, which is one of the last days of my vacation, that Jeff Alexander will be the new assistant, as as you'd been reporting all along throughout this, and that Stephen Gentry uh, was headed towards Gonzaga. But otherwise, a, a pretty slow week on the Illini beat. How was it for you? I, I enjoyed myself and got a little vacay. Were you just moving into the new house there? What were you doing? Yeah, still just uh, settling in here in Muhammad, you know, taking care of uh, Quincy Garrier, where... <laughs> A Canada kid goes to Oregon, big surprise, no, you know, nothing too groundbreaking there. So yeah, it was it was fairly uneventful. Still trying to stay up upbeat on this coaching search as much as we can. It's it's pretty locked down. Hey, Brad Underwood was out golfing in Las Vegas for the week at Long Kruger's coaches versus cancer deal. Not that Brad's been leaking anything all along, like our major source was out of town, but uh yeah, it just holding down the fort as much as we could and Glad that you got to enjoy and relax, and you're making me look real pale now, so <laughs> I got to get that fixed. You might be the first person who's ever told me that. My mother is a complete ginger. I got that gene. My brother and my dad are more tan. My kids, thankfully, got the wife's hue, which is a little more olive skin. So, yeah, this is as good as it gets uh, for me right now. But, uh, Derek, okay, we, we are waiting, um, and I, I would say, yes, I understand this has been a wait. It's been almost... Three weeks since it's been announced that Orlando Antigua and Chin Coleman were going to be gone, but I, I thought Chester Frazier was announced that day, the next day, right? So that was quick. Usually these last a week or two. So I, I don't know if I'm fretting, but the fan base is fretting. They want to know who their assistant's going to be, who their one of their top recruiters is going to be. So what do you expect? Like, wh- when does this drag on too long for Illinois? Are, are you worried about the timing aspect yet? I would if it goes, you know, beyond another week or two, if we're really stretching to June, because this is such a, a a pivotal part of the recruiting process, because we we think about 2022 class and uh, normally maybe those in a normal cycle, you would have some kids on campus maybe before their junior year during that summer, or you go out to see them play during the high school season, you kind of converse with them after the game or their parents, uh, you know, pretty much what I'm hitting at is, the relationship building and the in-person contact is going to be really important here coming up in June and just really laying the groundwork and, and trying to formulate new relationships or reaffirm certain relationships with Illinois and scheduling these visits, which a lot of these are starting to 
to start to develop and kids are getting their plans for the summer to, to get on these campuses. So uh, not that Chester Frazier, who's doing a lot of work right now in terms of extending offers and uh, pulling guys that he was recruiting at Vautech and, and getting them familiar with Illinois. And, and just, he's, he's, he's really working it hard, which is what we expect from Chester and knowing kind of his makeup. And I'm sure Jeff Alexander will do the same, but uh, I think to have that staff solidified we could talk about what perception necessarily means. And, um, you know, I think at the end of the day, as far as what the fan base is worrying about, there's the perception, which is just kind of the process and what Illinois is able to pull in. And how much will that be remembered if you get the guy that you ultimately want? I think that's something that you've told people on the board. And I think that's important. Like this process might not be going the way that a fan would necessarily want. Uh, if you get your guy at the end of the line, then, uh, we're not really going to remember that or, or think too much about it. I do understand some of the angst, though, because I think some of the perspective is your biggest fish might need to be this last one. And that's not a knock on Chester or on, on Jeff Alexander. And Chester's been a high major assistant for 10 years. Um, so I think that part of that is just kind of the thought of maybe our biggest swing or our biggest get has to come here at the end. And it's dragging on and it's been a while. And even when Chin and Orlando were announced in early May, we kind of knew – a week or 10 days before that, those guys were out the door. So it's been a while, but uh, I guess we'll just kind of have to wait and see. And I would say, I think some of the angst is that the guys you're replacing, right? It's, it's Orlando Antigua, especially. I mean, I, I think Chester Frazier is coming and this is no shot at chin, but like he, Chester Frazier has a more impressive resume at this point of, you know, Brad Underwood hiring him than Chin Coleman. But Chin Coleman came with a Chicago connection. You're hoping, you know, he gets somebody like Kyle DeSumo, and he did, and he developed him. And, and Chin obviously made a huge, great impact on this program. But Orlando Antigua is, is one of the best recruiters in the country that John Calipari ran to when, when he had all this trouble last year. So I, I don't think you're getting someone that's going to have quite the resume of Orlando Antigua. And that's why that was such a big deal when they got him four years ago it's like wow this guy's a head coach at the, at the division one level i mean what wasn't very good when he was at south florida but he had recruited carl anthony towns and all these five stars to kentucky it was like wow illinois got that kind of guy that that was a big surprise so i think there's a lot of qualified candidates who a lot of fans probably didn't know of two months ago but they might not react to as well because they don't know their name or they're not quite orlando antigua but that's the expectation illinois is now done by you know having Orlando Antigua being a top ten team, being you know the best team in the Big Ten record wise the last couple of years, and honestly, Derek, throwing out the money that they are yeah. throwing out. I mean, when we hear Chester Frazier going to make between likely six hundred and seven hundred thousand dollars, and that the other assistant that they bring on could command that kind of money, uh, and you hear some of the names, there's Alan Huss with Creighton, and how close that deal was, or Kamani Young at UConn. Those are names that people probably didn't know a couple weeks ago but they were really exciting names i still expect brad underwood to get a, a really qualified assistant who you know if you didn't have antigua to replace a lot of fans would probably be pretty excited about yeah and like you said with the money that you threw out there and the very public counter offer for orlando antigua you know to make him highest paid assistant in college basketball and like you said with chester uh and you'd think it, it all lines up that illinois as far as the destination with the roster that's in place with the season they just had, the way the program's trended and, and yeah, what, what you can offer to bring someone here um, to give them a, probably a massive pay raise, uh, as you've discussed, like there's other places out there that aren't too, aren't too pleased about that. Cause they're not making maybe even half of, of what 
uh, could be potentially on the table. So I think from the fans' perspective, they're wondering, are we just getting told no a bunch? Like, what isn't resonating? Because on our checklist, money, where the program's at, and the and does, roster does, and everything, like, doesn't it matter? we who, should have that figured out. Doesn't it matter who you're being told no to? Like, we don't know ex- yeah. everything. Of who, we like, don't. We don't know who has said no, who Illinois has offered the job to, if, and if Brad, how many people he's actually offered the job. Like, we don't even know that stuff. So I think there's a lot of assuming, because this is taking longer, of all that stuff that, yeah, Derek and I are trying to get that information, but it's really hard to get, right? Like that we don't know everything that is going on. I think a lot of people assume that they do from, from little pieces of information. I mean, it's clear Alan Huss was a target that Illinois wanted. They expected to get at one point, but it didn't happen because coaches have personal lives. You know, coaches have other reasons rather other than just money uh, to take a job. But like, I, I think a lot of people are assuming a lot of these things, but I think Illinois is going to attract a good candidate because as Brad said, and, and from everything I've heard, this is true. They're acting like a top 10 program and they are upsetting some other schools based on the money they're offering. I think they're changing the game a little bit for what it takes for assistant coaches. It's like the first school, I don't know if it was Alabama or Clemson to make a million dollar coordinator, right? Like Illinois and Kentucky, that battle. And then, you know, the money they've thrown at you know, a guy like Alan Huss, I think, they're kind of changing the game a little bit, which I think somebody that's well-qualified and, and good at his job and good at recruiting is going to take that at some point. Yeah, I would fully expect that. And that is what you need. I think that not that you couldn't pull from a mid-major program uh, and an up-and-comer in that sense. Uh, I know Ricardo Greer is something, somebody that we talked about from Dayton uh, in terms of international connections and some of what he's done. So I don't think it necessarily maybe has to be that Antigua time, mean, I wouldn't expect it to be an Antigua level recruited Kentucky and got a bunch of five stars. Not that Kentucky isn't part of that formula. That's why you're pulling that in. But you would like to make a major splash. And you would think you should be able to be able to do that with what you have on the table and all that's being offered. So, uh, yeah, like you said, with I think we we don't really know all of who has already said no or who is Brad really put the offer on the table to uh, Alan Huss seems like that was, I mean, definitely uh, <laughs> on the table and uh, something ultimately fell through. Kamani Young. Uh, and there's some other guys out there that have impressive resumes. Mike Minigo, C.Y. Young at Florida State. Uh, so, yeah, we may not know until it gets announced. And then you do your further digging and see, okay, this is what they've done recruiting-wise. And, um, and then it's just going to be you have to get here and prove it. And yeah. for someone like Chester, he's going to now, and as he talked about, Illinois being a little bit more sexy, uh, then Virginia Tech and Kansas State, how that role or just that position in Illinois could maybe change what they've done in the past. Cause it's not like Chin Coleman had some kind of right. glowing resume as far as pulling in town at UIC. It was getting to Illinois and, and benefiting off of what was available there. Absolutely. I agree with that. And uh, I, I wrote it with, with our Daily Digest on Monday just about, you know, this is unprecedented. Um, Brad Underwood is now going to have more staff changes, um, not that he wanted this, than Bruce Weber, John Gross, and Bill Self at Illinois combined. Like that that that's unprecedented. They've I've I went back through the Henson era, Derek, and there was only one year where there was multiple assistants to replace. Now I think the the game's changing maybe a little bit uh in college basketball with how much these guys move around. Um, but uh, that that is unprecedented, and it does. We've talked about this plenty, but this is this is where Brad Underwood is tested as a head coach, and that's why these assistant coaching hires uh, really matter. Uh, just a few more things. I do want to get into Jeff Alexander here a little bit, but you know Brandon Podzimski, 
uh, coming out and, and saying he's on board, he's sticking with Illinois. Andre Curbelo going at someone he called media that really isn't media, um, which is a big word these days. Like reporters, columnists, opinions, like the, I, everyone gets lumped into the media, even if you're just a, a Twitter or Facebook poster nowadays. But uh, anyway, Andre Curbelo said he's back, right? And, and not that. We thought he would leave, but it's just when you have turnover like this, it's always a concern that, you know, other pieces could be out the door. And it seems like Derek, Brad Underwood, you know, players report in, in early June here, seems like he's been able to hold this thing together. Yeah, it, it certainly does seem that way because those who had ties to Chin or had ties to Orlando Antigua have had ample time. Even a Luke Goody, maybe more recent here with Stephen Gentry on the move this past week, would have had you know the Omar Paynes, the Alfonso Plumbers, like you said, Podzimski have had plenty of time to open things up and try to figure out a new destination if they were reporting to a different campus or even interested in doing so next month. And the fact that Omar Payne isn't out there seeking uh, another school or you know Podzimski's publicly saying, and I think that for the the peace of mind for the, the fans and everybody out there, it is easier when someone like Brandon comes out and says, Hey, just so if you're wondering at all, I'm sticking it at Illinois and you don't even got a, you don't got an answer to that. Now, Curbelo seemed a little peeved that he, well, and I would understand why if someone's going to be speculating on your behalf and say, essentially, Hey, if Kentucky would have waited it out or pushed or whatever it may be, that's where he was going. He's putting words in Andre's mouth, but I mean, that's just kind of, where we're at, just the wild nature of this offseason yeah. and in college basketball in general, and I'm just subject to Illinois, but um, and how much, as Brad even talked about on Zoom, you know, a couple of weeks ago, just the value of the relationships with the assistants and how much work they put into those. And it, and it makes sense. And we see it other places too. When, when those guys leave, sometimes that means that a player isn't as comfortable sticking to that spot. So uh, it is good news for sure. When you have five newcomers coming in, uh, for next season and, and they all seem solidified or there is no new news there that no news is good news on that front yeah all right so Jeff Alexander I want to give him some focus here because Illinois announced yet yeah, yes he will be promoted from assistant to the head coach to um, assistant coach so from a support staffer to a full recruiting assistant here at Illinois and he's got plenty of experience as a division one assistant uh, had pretty good years under Marty Simmons has some international ties uh, obviously from Lincoln Illinois his dad's a, a coaching legend in the high school ranks here in, in central Illinois um, and I, I didn't think he'd be a candidate to replace Chin Coleman or Orlando Antigua, right? But once Stephen Gentry went out the door, I do have to say it makes some sense of Brad Underwood wanting to keep uh, a little bit of continuity uh, with people he trusts. And Jeff is is a qualified assistant coach. Um, obviously not the sexiest hire for Illini fans looking for the next Chin Coleman or Orlando Antigua or dreaming up this dream recruiting staff. Uh, but what do you think, Derek, of, of Jeff Alexander? Why do you think Brad Underwood wanted this move and, and, and how do you think he fits? I think you said it there with continuity and also just the respect of a basketball mind or, or someone that he trusts in terms of player development, his system, or even someone to challenge him with some new ideas, as we saw Stephen Gentry come out and do. And the fact that they had that longstanding relationship could move the needle and say, hey, Brad, you need to change this. And, and that was a voice that he definitely listened to. And uh, I think Jeff has that ability because they go back a long ways where even – just playing at Western Illinois and Brad's on staff. They were on staff together at Daytona State College. Uh, and then clearly ever since he's been here, 
uh, at Illinois. Jeff's been on staff. So uh, very well respected within that building. I think he will be within the state as well. Just uh, it's not that's not to say that, you know, kids playing at Kenwood are going to know who his dad is down at, at Lincoln or anything. But uh, Jeff's known as a really hard worker. Uh, I think he's got a really good personality. And I think that there's a feeling that he's going to connect well in recruiting and, and probably frankly, bring more to the table than Stephen Gentry on that front. Hmm. I know that, you know, Stephen did a great job with X's and O's and basketball mind and everything and uh, really running that offense last year. I mean, had a lot of talent to do so, but uh, the scheming and all that. So when you're replacing, when you look at it the right way, when you're not seeing it, you know, Jeff coming in for Chen or Jeff coming in for Orlando, if it's just a trade off of, uh, you know, Jeff for Stephen Gentry, I think it makes sense. And uh, I, I don't know. I understand why fans would be like, hey, you know, it's it's not Mike Minniga or, or whoever yeah. on that wish list. But uh, I think it makes plenty of sense. And, and you got to give Jeff if you're if you're skeptical, give Jeff a chance to be able to go out there and prove what he can bring to the table. And, and Derek, you, you've gotten to know him a little bit. Like I've talked with Jeff, um, as you said, like he's got he's got a fun personality. Like he he, he chats with everybody. I know Joey uh, has even had a lot of interactions with him. So what would you tell people about Jeff? Like how do you think he'll play out on the recruiting trail? Well, his biggest strength is, is he's, he's a Cardinals fan. So um, <laughs> I, I think that's that's first and foremost. We always chat some ball when I, when I see him. But, yeah, I mean – really down to earth, easy to talk to, uh, really knows the game. And I mean, he's just, he's just a cool, personal guy. It, it's really easy to have a conversation with him. And I know that even being around the facility, you know, the way that he interacts with some of the players and I'm happy for him because now he gets to be on the court and practice and everything. And, and beforehand it was a lot of just game prep and video, but uh, just being around the facility, you know, that he's a personality that, that people like to, to be around. And I mean, he's just, he sounds like he's a guy that, from our perspective, or maybe even a coach or whoever, fun to drink a beer with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and I, think, I, I feel like that's something I, I don't want to say the fans, but even us sometimes us media uh, can overlook. Like the assistants recruiting, right? It's, it's recruiting, recruiting, especially for a coach like Brad Underwood. Um, so I feel like that's what we focus on, but like a huge part of their job is scouting uh, opponents, it's development. Uh, of the players and on court in practice, like G- Alexander couldn't be on court, but you know Gentry, Antigua, Coleman could, and I, I feel like Antigua kind of gets overlooked sometimes for the work he does uh, with Kofi Coburn or, or Coleman with what he did w- with Io, and obviously Io has a lot of that himself. But you know those guys make a huge impact in, in developing that, and and Brad obviously trusts Jeff a great deal in that regard. Yeah, absolutely, and, and I think also another thing. You know, Jeff wouldn't be blind to, you know, the relationships or just kind of the the approach or what Orlando and Chin, not that he would have the pre-established connections, but he had to, I'm sure, learn from Orlando or learn from Chin or just being on that staff, understand how you get, you know, how you're able to attract that kind of a roster. Just take bits and pieces. And I, I'll be frank with you. I talked with Orlando some since Jeff has been announced. He said Jeff's going to be awesome, and he even tweeted something out like, "This is a up and coming star." Now he's going to have to prove that, but I know that he's really highly respected uh, in, in terms of that building and that former staff that was there. Uh, they like Jeff a lot. I think Jeff's going to do a good job. And the other thing is, like, he knows these players. He, he knows Brad, right? So, like, you have a like we use that word continuity, but 
he doesn't have to learn a whole new team. Like I know Chester watched those guys, but he's not with them day to day. He doesn't know their personalities. You know, I'm sure he's getting up to speed on that, but you know, Jeff has been there through the wars. He was in the, the bubble with this team the entire time. Right. So I think there's some value uh, in that as well. All right, Derek, uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk a little bit about recruiting um, the transfer market. They missed out on another transfer, as you said, uh, and also what they're doing in 2022. Cause you're right. Chester Frazier has been a pretty busy man in that regard. We'll talk about that next. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Derek Piper, the search for a four continues. Um, and Quincy Guerriere, as you said, Canadian, goes to Oregon. Not a surprise. Uh, I think Dustin Ford dealt with this a lot of times. Dylan Brooks, was he one that, that Dustin Dylan Ford was Brooks. on? Because we saw him tear up Illinois at the United Center and now watching him with Memphis, man. Like, I love watching him. But, um, yeah, Quincy Guerriere to Oregon, not a, not a huge surprise. But, boy, that guy could have really – uh, helped Illinois at a position that they just, I don't know. It feels like, you know, John Gross with point guards couldn't find one for whatever reason. And, and now Brad Underwood with that four outside of Coleman Hawkins just hasn't been able to find that kind of uh, ideal prospect he'd like. Yep. It's just put it on the podcast, put it on the agenda for every podcast going forward and, and, until that, that one is answered. Uh, it seems like we have something new there and it's, it's a recurring theme, but yeah, uh, you were one of your his final three in the original recruiting process with Syracuse, Oregon, Illinois. He goes to Syracuse, which is is from Montreal or lives in Montreal, and it's only a four hour drive uh, between the two. Uh, Oregon getting a second crack at it. Mike Minigo, very tied in up there in Canada. You mentioned Dylan Brooks. Dylan Ennis was another one out, you know, up there. Brother of Tyler Ennis. Tyler Ennis goes to Syracuse. So I remember you reporting about Jamal Murray. Was that yes? Uh, they were on Jamal Murray before he blew up. If he if Kentucky wasn't going all in on that one at the end, I, I probably would have gone to Oregon with his buddy Dylan Brooks. Yeah. Uh, so Oregon's got a lot of pull uh, as far as Canada goes. So uh, Illinois tried what they could, and, and Chester was was working it. Brad Underwood had Zoom and everything, but ultimately falling short. And you continue to pursue that four spot, which. I think there is, in terms of just immediate sense, 
it depends on the way you view it. If you can get a star there, if you can get a Trey Mitchell, and we could talk a little bit about him, or if you were able to get a Quincy Garrier with uh, someone that was a very, very good rebounder, which I think is important, especially if Kofi doesn't come back, uh, and, and someone that can stretch the floor. If you don't get a stud there, I mean, you got some options. You got Coleman Hawkins, you got Jacob Grandison. I don't know how ideal it is to play DeMonte there uh, for, for large stretches, but you have some some pieces that could fit in there. Even maybe we'll see what Luke Goody is as a freshman, but I think it's within reason as a six foot seven forward that could play some four, especially in a four out type of system. Yeah, one one thing, um, you know, Greg Lee, Western Michigan transfer, released his top six through one of those edit guys, and Illinois was in there. And I texted you, have you heard anything about this kid? And um, you know, he's he's a guy that I think can provide depth. And I think the question I think for Illini fans is some of them, and I understand, is like, hey, just add a four. Like you just need to add a, a depth piece there. It seems like Brad Underwood is exhausting every possibility of getting a, a true difference-making upgrade. Like, like you think of the guys they've been going after at that position, and they're going after guys who could be the best players on the team, right? Um, because let's be honest, they got a lot to replace here. If Kofi Coburn doesn't come back, I mean, I would assume he's gone. Adam Miller's gone. So you add Payne, you add Plummer, that's great. But you still just need your talent uh, to be boosted here. And I think they think highly of of Coleman Hawkins. They know Jacob Grandison can give them a solid option there. Uh, and maybe those two can be the rotation. So I think before they quote unquote, my words settle for a guy who can just make a solid impact. Uh, I think they're trying to see if, Hey, our next assistant, does he have a tie to somebody that could, that could come in here? Does somebody, you know, come back from the draft? Does somebody enter the transfer portal here? Surprisingly, it just feels like Brad Underwood is exhausting that knowing like I'll at least have, I can always fall back and some mid-major kids going to want to come play in the big 10. Yeah, exactly. It's not like if you wait too long, you're left with starting someone that, you know, maybe comes from that mid-major level or you pull a, a late freshman or whatever it may be. You've got some options there to where you, you truly shoot that shot for an upgrade. Someone that would be, you know, more ready to start than Coleman Hawkins or be an upgrade in your mind over Jacob Grandison. And that's what they've been doing. They've been trying to go for a stud, a, a stud at the four spot uh, that could be a, an immediate impact you know move the needle essentially uh, in a really positive way now what is interesting is if Kofi doesn't come back Coleman might have to play decent minutes at the five I like was do about, you need a five more than you need a four I was about to I was gonna, about to bring that up with you Derek because I feel like one departure we haven't talked enough about is Georgie because if Georgie came back with Omar Payne I like that duo I think that's a complimentary duo but I feel like we haven't talked enough about that impact because, yeah, if Kofi comes back and you got Kofi, Omar Payne, Coleman Hawkins, Jacob Grandison, and then you can find, you know, a, a, I don't know if Trey, I doubt Trey Mitchell's going to come to Illinois at this point, but like if you find a four who's an upgrade, wow, you're rolling. But yeah, at that point is is a a, a guy, right? Just a, a rotation guy. I'd probably rather have a five because Omar Payne is not going to play 35 minutes a game. So who's the backup five? Is it Benjamin Bossman's Verdonk right now? Uh, Jermaine Hamlin's going to Eastern Illinois, which I think we both think is a really good fit. Um, Brandon Lee, probably at least a year away, right? Like who, that that position, I think, is the one I'd rather just take, hey, I need a rotation player who can fit, who can give me 10, 15 minutes a game at that spot. Yeah, absolutely. And, and BBVs, I mean, he's still only, what, six foot eight? So not the ideal. I mean, he's a he's got the... Uh, 
the pounding, like the strength, I should say. Not he's not overly heavy by any means, but I mean he can he can bang in the post for sure if you need that. And he's got to stay healthy too. So yeah. uh, I don't know how much you'd want to rely on him if he's your okay. If, if Payne's in foul trouble, you know, ten minutes to go in the first half, BBV's got to be your five the rest of the way. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Although I guess the counterpoint, the the other side to look at it is I can understand why it would be hard for Illinois right now with Kofi's looming decision, with Omar Payne already there, with three years of eligibility to sell a five, especially one that could help you next year. I don't think Brandon Lee's going to be that guy. I mean, I'm not alone in that. I don't think he gives you much of anything next year, honestly. Uh, so that that would be interesting. If you still have a spot available and it's on down the line when Kofi's making that decision, again, that's July. So for those that are uh, worried about the weight going too long for the assistant coaches. We got yeah, quite quite a bit more time on Kofi too. Well, and if you have a Coleman Hawkins, like I think he can play the five and protect the rim, right? But boy, you need a rebounder. Like if if he yes. if he's going to be playing the five, you can't. I don't think you can have Jacob Grandison as your four, right? Like you got to find a four, and maybe that's Greg Lee, maybe that's someone of that ilk, right? Like um, I would have thought a Brandon Johnson who played at Minnesota last year, like that would have been an interesting fit if you put Coleman Hawkins uh, at the five. So I think that's, that's what has to be played out um, because I think, you know, Coleman has the length to play that position and, and he's a matchup nightmare on offense at that position, but get him on the post. Um, that's not, that's not going to work defensively. Right. So uh, that'll be very interesting to watch uh, before we get out of here, Derek, we've mentioned it, Chester. I think people and maybe even myself, when I first put the hot board together, didn't appreciate him enough as a recruiter because we're seeing a bunch of offers going out in 2020-22 to really good prospects, like top 150, top 100, even some four high four, low five-star guys that he's got connections to. And and a lot of these kids are saying, Illinois, is, I love the pitch. Chester Frazier, known him for a year. Virginia Tech was an Emmy early. Um, what do you think of that? Like, what, what do you make of this flood of Frazier offers? Yeah, I think it's exciting. I think when you look at, the caliber of player that he is targeting and already in on as far as the relationship goes. And one that comes to mind, I know the fans, uh, a lot of those are, are probably already familiar with and have looked at his highlights is that Cameron Corrin out of Texas. And I know he's a three-star unranked prospect. That's going to change very soon. You look at his offer list I mean, he's got LSU, A&M, Texas Tech. He's got at least probably a dozen high major offers and Virginia Tech was his first, uh, Chester Frazier was in there really early. I think it was last summer, uh, his first offer. And it sounds like Illinois will be in place to, to be one of his final like official visits. So uh, you look, yeah, Texas, Florida, Georgia, some, uh, and then up that East coast, when you go into DC and, and Baltimore, there's some you know, top 100, top 150 guys that are intriguing. And you look at some big guys, some guards, uh, he, he's got quite a bit of ties, at least in terms of, I, I don't want to equate, offers to be you know landing guys but it sounds like like you said just kind of the feedback that you, you see the quotes out there from these prospects and that uh, you know a lot of very positive comments about Chester and the way that he's worked the relationship or just the fact that hey Illinois now offered me and I think Illinois is you know one of those teams that I really want to take a serious look at last thing for you Derek um, the third assistant uh, let's focus on because I would imagine Alexander can coach posts um, he could coach wings potentially. Chester Frazier certainly going to coach guard. So probably a wing or, or front court coach. Um, but recruiting ties, where, where do you think that needs to be? We spend so much time talking about Chicagoland 
And Chicago's got some talent, right? In 2013, especially, or 2023, especially. Um, and, you know, some people say 2024 class about keeping those kids in state. That's been the, the hard part for high schools, even not just Illinois. Um, wh- what do you think? Where, where do those ties do you think need to be or should be for, for that coach? That's a great question. Uh, I think nationally it's something that would be ideal if you have someone that, I mean, of course you're going to want, or in, in most cases have one target area where, you know, Antigua can recruit nationally, but the East coast or New York is, is, is kind of his home base or even Chester is going to try to recruit, you know, multiple States. It's out, you know, DC, Baltimore is kind of the main area. So uh, it, it would be nice to have someone that, has experience pulling talent from different areas outside of the region. I think that Jeff Alexander, in terms of in-state and, and regionally, will probably be his forte uh, recruiting-wise, and we'll see. I, it will be interesting, and I know that whenever it's going to come, if you don't hire a Chicago guy, you're going to just be ready for the questions and the blowback or just who's going to go in, walk into Kenwood and Whitney Young and, and all that and have the poll to be able to get those guys. Chester Frazier. Like I, yeah. I am sending that guy into Chicago because that kid comes from one of the toughest places ever in Baltimore, the projects. And like, you know, he's, he's mentioned it before in an interview with Paul Klee, the wire. Yeah. That I lived in that. Like he yeah. lived that. So, um, but like, I think he can, you know, being an Illini guy, you know, some of the coaches should know his name, should respect him for what he's done. Uh, he recruited there at Kansas state. I think I think Chester Frazier can can do really well there, and I, th- I think Jeff, you know, can can do well in the Chicagoland area too with with some of his connections. And you know, Illinois is now pulling a kid from Indiana and pulling a kid from Wisconsin, and I know they've been involved in Ohio before. Like I, th- I think Jeff can do well there too. Yeah, I'm completely with you as well. And, and you're not as a program a bottom feeder in the Big Ten and trying to right. sell them on some kind of all right believe in us when, when there's not a whole lot there as far as groundwork uh, to, to try to come to Illinois. Illinois should still be a really attractive place. And I fully agree. If you're going to put the time in and really work hard to recruit their kids, recruit, you know, build those relationships in those programs, you should be able to have success. So I, I think I agree. I don't think you have to be tied or married to Chicago. It would be nice. And, you know, like a Nick Irvin as a support staff role, if you're going to fill Jeff Alexander's spot. I think that fully makes sense. Just to have some kind of connection or some kind of you know guy in the room that's from that area. I think that maybe that would bring some kind of I don't know just so that you don't hear the the, the narrative that you're being Chicago's being shut out yeah. from your staff or not being considered or not being prioritized. I think that, that could maybe combat some of that. But I guess the bottom line, what I would say is. Go get best available. You know, you talk about like NBA draft needs and and all that. Go get the best available guy uh, that can bring the most to the table. You know, regardless of where those ties are, uh, that would be my approach and opinion. Not be married to having to get a big man coach because, like you said, Jeff could do it, and that that would be the way I'd approach it. Yeah, you don't pass on Michael Jordan because you got Clyde Drexler, even though Drexler's a Hall of Famer, right? Like you, you take right. you take the best uh, that you can get, and I would imagine Brad's going to do that, and then try. You know, he's got a support staffer to fill, as you were, you were mentioned there with Nick Irvin. If you wanted to go that route, or you know, they can't recruit on the road, but they certainly can have relationships with recruits. They certainly can have relationships with coaches, and uh, and that that could help you out as well. So it'll be interesting, and, and hopefully we know, and hopefully the fans know for for some of their sakes because boy they've been 
they've been on edge for a while here since this all started going down. It's it's dragging into a month, and I get it for them. Uh, but hopefully, we'll know within the next week. Derek Piper, thank you, man. Yeah, man. Before we go, I need a prediction. Yeah. Are you taking White Sox two out of three, or or what are you thinking? Uh, I guess your Cardinals. Okay. Yeah. Um, we're coming out. I was feeling good when I was on vacation with the White Sox, and then they go into the Bronx and uh, lose three in a row, get swept. Um, I'm I'm more worried about our hitting, man. Like, I think our pitching is is pretty dang good, but right now our hitting, I miss Aloy Jimenez. I'm sick of seeing Lurie Garcia and Billy Hamilton. Um, man. Got Lance Lynn on the mound tonight. This being Monday, who has been awesome. He's been exactly everything I've wanted. Like people asked me on Twitter, like who would be your number one starter? I love Giolito. I think he'll get right. Um, And Rodon's been unbelievable. Game one, I I would put Lance Lynn out there just because I I know what I'm getting every every night, and that's there's so much value in that. Um, Yeah, I'll I'll show some faint confidence and say two out of three. Sounds about right. I'm giving you Lance Lynn start. Can't wait for Flaherty against Geo. And I'm not even sure who game three is, but uh, still licking my wounds a little bit. The Cubs get two out of three from us in St. Louis. So. Yes. Cubs are getting scrappy, aren't they? Yeah. Austin Berkland's starting to feel a little confident again. How's Trevor, oh, yeah. Trevor Valise feeling confident again? Some pointed tweets and all that. Yeah, we'll, John we'll Gant versus that. Rodon on Wednesday. Right. Two, guys right, with, get- two guys with a really good ERA right now. Trust, I trust Rodon a little bit more. I'll give you two out of three. The good news is, White Sox fans, for the 18 who are out there, um, <laughs> we get we get the Orioles after that. So that's no matter what happens, we get the Orioles and maybe we get a little break in the schedule. All right, Derek Piper. Thank you, man. Yep. Talk to you later. Great stuff, as always, with Derek Piper. And, of course, whenever the Illinois basketball news comes, we will break it all down for you here on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Hope you're enjoying the content at Illini Inquirer. We have a lot of golf content coming up with the Illini getting ready for the NCAA championships. As uh, Mike Small and some of his players said, it's it's the one thing they've been missing. And uh, while it's always tough to win a tournament that includes seven rounds of golf in six days, includes a little luck. And, of course, there are just so many good teams, especially teams like Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, who are fantastic. Um, it's going to be tough for Illinois to do that, but uh, they, they've been a winning team all year. Five of nine tournaments they've won. They were great at their NCAA regional, which they were only behind Oklahoma State and were way ahead of the third-place team. So I love covering that team. We'll have more content on them coming up. Of course, got plenty of football recruiting content coming up, basketball breakdowns as well. And I'm, I'm doing something new uh, on the site that I hope you take a, a chance to to read and, and, and get into because uh, there's so much news happening throughout the day uh, that I wanted to provide just a, a one-stop shop for a lot of it um, and, and give some thoughts, give an easy breakdown, just digestible news. So I call it the Daily Digest. And it's something, uh, you know, Axios does this really well. Um, but just gives you the news you need. Sometimes you get a little bit deeper dive, uh, but uh, just gives you a one-stop shop in the morning of, hey, this is what's going on, this is what it means, all of that. So give it a try. I enjoy doing it so far, and uh, I think it's just an easy way to kind of break everything down that is going on with Illini Athletics and, and Big Ten Athletics especially. Thank you for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. Check out Illini Inquirer for all the latest on Illinois athletics. appreciate you listening. Give us a follow wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever. We appreciate that. Rate us, review us as well. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Inquirer podcast.
Ready? Go. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hang on! It's off the chart spectacular. Go, go, go! Tom Cruise has outdone himself. The world's coming after you. Stay out of my way. Prepare for one of the best action movies ever made. This is getting exciting. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13.